Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World episode 71. I'm your host, John Jordan, and with me today is Adam Kling, who's the CEO of Chronoverse. How's it going, Adam? Doing very well today. Thank you. Good. And we are going to be talking about the game you have in development uh, called Crypto Fights and also uh, some of the kind of wider kind of plan of, of what you have to do. You, you know, what you're thinking about is more than just a game. It's, it's you're particularly into esports. Um, but before we kind of head into that detail of exactly what you're doing, I think it's always nice to to get some idea of how you ended up in this in this crazy world. So um, so what was your entry point into the world of blockchain games? Yeah, uh, we're going to go probably all the way back to, I think it was around 2013. Uh, Bitcoin was making its rounds on the news. And I actually remember when it hit, I think, uh, $1 billion in market cap is, I think, when I really started paying attention. Um, I joined uh, a local meetup, started, you know, kind of talking with a lot of people back then about it. And... Um, I just kind of really dived in, but I, and I, and I will say that, you know, probably for maybe a year or two, it was really great. And then it just kind of went sideways for me. Um, I think that was around the period in Bitcoin where, um, there was, uh, several people that were going to jail. I think it, if it was around Silk Road or some of the dark net markets, I mean, I kind of did, I, I kind of got out of it and was doing different projects around the time, still watching it and still interested, but there didn't seem to be a whole lot happening from my perspective um, with like development other than like the payment systems and stuff. Um, I bought and sold coins and kind of did that for a while. And it wasn't really until um, I think it was in 2017, I started looking at Ethereum a lot more, uh, particularly with, you know, some of the headlines coming out and really started to get, uh, back into, um, I would say, blockchain instead of Bitcoin at that point. Um, I think probably since 2013, I was always looking for something to do or some business to build um, with it, but just didn't have, you know, whether the right ideas or the right angle or the right timing uh, to really see, you know, something that could really work. I didn't want to start an exchange. You know, I didn't want to start, you know, which is probably... Uh, back then it was back then it was probably a lot easier, but then it got a, a lot harder very quick when you had you know regulators talking about it and all the uncertainty and and stuff, especially with New York. But um, you know, I, it, it was very interesting. I you know these this disruptive technology was always something that's been very interesting to me, and and I've I've watched stuff with uh, I have a performance marketing background, affiliate marketing stuff like that, and I watched uh, MySpace kind of evolve, and then Facebook evolve, and all these other kind of uh, even uh, like Pinterest and all these things that just got so huge, and um, you know see these kind of disruptive potentials and potentially creating a lot of opportunities from those things. So I was always on the lookout for, you know, something like that to do. Um, so anyways, you know, in 2017, uh, when Ethereum caught my eye, I actually remember um, seeing Vitalik at uh, a, a Raleigh, North Carolina conference uh, way back when I think he wrote for the magazine and just kind of thought back and, and started watching more of his videos and started to wrap my head around that. And, and that's really when CryptoFights was born, uh, was seeing the, the landscape with uh, CryptoKitties. That's, uh, again, another headline moment where that was kind of breaking the bank and, and breaking the network a little bit. And I, I started paying attention to that and saying, oh, wait a minute, gaming. Um, you know, I've been gaming most of my life 
and um, you know have a lot of experience in in being a player of games. So I figured that this was a a match made in heaven for me to get into blockchain. You know, kind of the the nerd part of me to the gamer part of me. Um, and that's really when I started to dive headfirst into that um, because I was kind of coming off of uh, a project that I was doing uh, and had and needed something new to start, you know, building. But it's still quite a jump, isn't it? I mean, you can you'd be interested in in you know the, the pricing of these of these assets and then see you can actually do do some kind of a more interesting product around them. But having never been involved in game development, to to kind of that seems to me who's <laughs> been in the games industry for a long time but never making games to be to be quite an ambitious step was it did you feel that was easy because you'd been doing these other kind of projects and, and it was just like another thing you're going to try out it uh well to answer your question no it was not easy um but that's why i'm i'm not particularly you know going to be the developer i mean i have never been scared of a challenge and um in terms of the actual development is, is why I put together a team, uh, a small team at first at least, when we started Crypto Fights, one that was an experienced game developer um, and even uh, almost like a game designer as well, uh, able uh, dentist that we have on our team. And um, we started kind of really trying to get, um, you know, our game design and, and how are we going to do this with blockchain? I mean, that's, and I can go into that story, but um, in terms of myself, I was like, look, I've done projects, I've worked with teams, I've, I've had to put things together. So, you know, my hat was, how do we accomplish this? How do we get this done? You know, and I, I self-funded, uh, you know, the company at that point to really try to break ground uh, with blockchain gaming. Now, that time period was MetaMask and, you know, the dApps with, uh, like CryptoKitties that were web-based. You had Etherbots around that time. Uh, a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, you know the the state of the the industry was was very very new, and I and I just saw that you know I could start doing this with a game engine you know right away, and you know let's figure out how to do this, let's figure out how to really push the boundaries uh, with gaming at that point. So I I wasn't scared of a challenge. <laughs> I you know it, there's always uh, you always hire people smarter than you. <laughs> you know? So that that can help you accomplish your vision, you know. Crypto fights is is um we'll just dive straight into it. Crypto fights is, is known, I guess. Um, at least the first thing I I knew about it when it first came to my attention was was it was running on on the Bitcoin SV blockchain, which um, as far as I know, <laughs> there are not any other games um, running on on Bitcoin um, SV. So I um, mean, you you may want to backtrack a little bit. You spoke about 2017 and all the Ethereum stuff happening, and and I don't know whether you uh, experimented with that, but uh, can you? It's a bit, it's a bit kind of geeky to talk about what blockchains. We can, we can certainly move on and, and talk a bit more about the vision. But um, I guess it is a, a, a important part of, of, of the story um, of crypto fights. How, what blockchains were you playing with? How did you end up with with Bitcoin SV? Why is Bitcoin SV? Do you think the the correct choice for what you're trying to do? Sure. Yeah, and that's actually a really good uh, part of the story. So, um, like I said, we started with Ethereum, and you know, we went from, I mean, we we spent uh, like almost two years, I would think, really, but um, really a hardcore a year trying to really figure out how do we actually create a backend um, that will work um, for our game on Ethereum. Now, we started, uh, you know, layer one, you know, we had problems, we had user adoption issues because, you know, it was like the MetaMask play at that point. And then we started looking into layer two solutions. We actually um, integrated Loom, uh, which is you know, I think defunct now or, or doing kind of a different uh, strategy now, but 
Um, we had problems with that. Um, and we had, you know, to kind of sum it up is that we had complexities that we needed to solve for our vision. And then we'd find some kind of tool that would solve most of it, but not everything. And then we'd say, well, we need to solve, you know, this new thing. And it ended up being where we had this, like, uh, this directed cyclic graph or DAG on top of Ethereum to kind of help with our uh, like a state chain. We had old blogs about that, but we, we did all these things and we still had some more to do. And it just was, was building, 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 and just never see the finish line because of the problems. And, you know, in retrospect, it was probably a good thing that we went to Bitcoin SV because of the, the issues that Ethereum is having now and the unknown with Ethereum 2.0 that's coming. So, so why did we go to Bitcoin SV? Um, so David Case came onto the project, uh, I believe late in uh, 2018, if I'm remembering right on my timeline, um, or, or mid mid 2018. And um, he was, uh, I think that was around the hash war with Bitcoin Cash, uh, the fork and all that stuff. And and to be honest, I, I never really looked into Bitcoin Cash and all that. I, I remember the, you know, the original BTC core and at least where it originated from. You know, a lot of the drama, who is Satoshi and all that stuff, and then kind of didn't pay attention for a while and then kind of looked at Ethereum. And so I, it wasn't on my radar. And then David started talking to me about that and saying, hey, you know, this stuff is starting to be really interesting to me. And the more I looked into it, we started talking more about it. And around that time, on a side note is, is um, you know, we were talking a lot about the metaverse, right? And so, you know, some people say, well, yeah, you know, we were in the engine community at that point. And engine community was putting forward this idea of, of the multiverse or the metaverse, you know, Ready Player One stuff, which I love the movie and, and it kind of resonated with me a lot. But when we were actually in that program, you know, I never saw a real way to use this on a technical level. It was more of a idea at that point, not really an, uh, a solution at that point. So um, Bitcoin SV, as we looked more and more into it, it's a completely different ballgame. To Ethereum. It's really a whole new animal on how to develop with. So we started talking more and more and more. And, um, you know, I actually remember before that we were, I was trying to think of an economic system for a metaverse. And I was like, how are we going to do this on Ethereum with, you know, computation costs, for example. And um, so anyways, uh, this is when Chronoverse was born, at least the name was. And we, we took the God of Time or Chronos and metaverse and took verse and put them together and we have chronoverse and that really symbolizes kind of the grand vision of the company is that we have kind of this new technology where we have um, kind of these interconnected pieces or objects that can connect to each other through this kind of blockchain brain or blockchain cloud however you want to look at it um, because we when we go into a, a kind of a metaverse discussion um, we have to have a, a protocol Right. We have to have this kind of universal protocol for all of these things to work together. And we just didn't see how we could do that on Ethereum without going to layer twos and layer threes and, you know, side chains and all these kind of things that I think are happening now in the industry. So. So anyways, I'm kind of answering several of your questions at once is that we looked at Bitcoin SV, opened the world to us to what we our grand vision was with the metaverse and you know, we saw a lot of advantage going with that uh, versus Ethereum. So we ended up making our, our back end, um, pouring it all over to the Bitcoin SV blockchain, learning how to develop on that. 
And then as you, I mean, at least on, on the site, is that we um, ended up leaving the Ethereum for our, our um, NFTs um, to create our own uh, item protocol standard on the Bitcoin SV chain. So it was, it was really not that we, um, you know, kind of started out and said, you know, we're going to go with Bitcoin SV and we're going to figure out how to do it is that we had problems that we wanted to solve and Bitcoin SV solved those problems for us. And it, and it also gave us kind of this, um, capability that we, we didn't have, uh, with Ethereum, um, at that point. Now I will say it was a tough decision because it is a, it's almost like the the black swan of the block <laughs> kind of thing. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of toxic crypto community that just anything is anti-BSV, anti-technology, if it's not their own. <laughs> yeah. So there was, it was a lot of, um, uh, there was a lot of thought put into this decision because I knew we were going to alienate people doing it. And um, as you can see, when we announced that, we had a lot of, a lot of hate from that, but um, I think in the end, you know, uh, we're getting very soon to starting to release stuff, and we have a really great roadmap. Uh, you know, that we're going to actually really be able to show uh, some things that uh, the people that are developing on Ethereum just can't do. Hmm. I mean, do, do you think that um, uh, you know you've you had to go through this kind of pain of switching platforms, which no matter if, no matter kind of what tech you're doing, whether it's blockchain or or if you're moving from you know Unity to Unreal, you know. That's the kind of issue of, of transitioning existing tech to, to a new platform. But do you feel feel now that kind of you know because Bitcoin SV was obviously you know created as as a you know a, a kind of faster, more flexible version of Bitcoin, but it's still it's still Bitcoin. It's not designed to have to integrate with with, with gaming systems. So, but but you, you kind of think you know having having that platform, which obviously you're not in control of, but that, that's dealt by other people and having to do things like building your own, effectively your own NFT standards, because obviously there's no NFT standard on, on Bitcoin SV, you know, that, that's all going to be worth it in the end. Because for a lot of people, that would seem like, okay, Ethereum's going through some problems at the moment. Um, Ethereum 2, when that when that comes, maybe another year away, but, but that will solve a lot of those. And, you know, you don't have to write um, uh, NFT standards on Ethereum. There's lots of things you don't have to do on, on Ethereum because it's all done for you. You've had to basically, you know, create a, make Bitcoin SV, you know, make a gaming platform around that. Uh well, yeah, I'm of course biased. I do think it's worth it because it goes back again is that we were having a lot of problems. You know, there, there is a lot of limitations. <laughs> the pros of, of Ethereum, I will say, is that the developer community is established. You know, um, you know there there is that. But at the same time, you know, we're able to do things like, for example, um, you think of microtransactions right now, right? The gas fees are, are really putting a big risk on that uh, in the future. And, and so when you have the ability to, to be layer one and doing microtransactions, what does that mean for game development going forward? You know, if you're going to spend five plus years developing your business on top of a uh, platform like Ethereum um, and you have a, a whole lot of uncertainty related to Ethereum 2.0, what are the gas fees going to be? It does proof of stake uh, economically work when it, you know, when it doesn't on like EOS, for example, or, or, any, or some of the other proof of stake? Uh, issues that that you know have happened in the past. I mean, so you have a lot of these like a SWOT analysis that happens uh, as a business owner, and so yes, there is a risk. There is a risk in any blockchain. I mean, there's a there's a risk that something weird happens on Bitcoin SV, and you know it, it threatens you know the business uh, continuity. Um, but I think the same thing happened 
you know, on Ethereum, and it's happening kind of right now. Is that you know, or if you look at Bitcoin Core, you know, they changed the narrative around it because of the limitations that started to pop up. That maybe you know, you could argue self-created limitations, but so creating a new standard is the same thing that happened on Ethereum, right? So we're just a little bit later uh, in this competition, but the adoption on whose standard works the best. You know, how easy is it to develop with? Um, that's the race right now, right? You know, we have all of these different blockchains. We have, I mean, especially even when we started uh, crypto fights, you know, there's so many, I don't even keep up with them at this point. You know, there, there's so many that, that are coming out. And, you know, this is the kind of the race to set the standard. Who's going to get the most users? Who's going to get the most adoption? Who's going to be the most successful? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the Microsoft versus Apple and Linux and all that other stuff, you know. So I, I see it as kind of good, healthy competition, uh, especially for the user. And, um, you know, may the, the best solution win. You know, we're still, I think, pretty early to this whole industry. But, you know, maybe the next five years, we're going to start to see some really cool stuff. I mean, when we first started, you know, we had these kind of non-investable kind of projects. And now we're talking companies that are getting 10, 20 million plus rounds and, and fundraising uh, based on blockchain gaming, right? And so the the promise is, you know, what's going to be that killer app that's going to have hundreds of thousands or, or, or millions of, of players or users that um, uh, really kind of prove the model um, and disrupt the gaming industry. I think that's really what we're all in this race together to, to find, right? So, okay, that's a good point. One last question before we're going to move a bit more into detail on the game. So it, so one thing about Ethereum is you do know there are millions of or hundreds of thousands of people um, involved with dApps already, and obviously MetaMask has had how, how many, uh, 2 million installs or something. Um, with, with using something like... Um, Bitcoin SV, and I know there's another game that's using um, kind of Litecoin um, as, as, as its kind of uh, blockchain. Um, there, are, there tends to be an issue with onboarding that, that I mean, you can do different ways of doing it, but you don't really have a lot of users or you're already using those technologies um, for running products on because there are no other products on them. And you do have potential issues with kind of like downloading massive chunks of data to sync blockchains and all that sort of thing. So, so that may not be the issue for you, I don't know. But, but generally, do you, how do you think, you can deal with like kind of user onboarding when you are dealing with a slightly more monolithic sort of technology than, than say Ethereum. We won't really have an issue because it's, it's kind of how you design uh, the application, right? So um, it's essentially, it's going to be uh, hidden. I mean, they're not, they don't have to know that they're on a, a blockchain to be honest. It's just part of your tech stack. Now we can create kind of a, a, uh, a wallet where they can deposit, you know, Bitcoin SV and we can also create, a cashier system for them to use credit cards, bank transfers, ACH, any other, uh, you know, fiat system uh, bridge to that and create kind of our own accounting system for that. So, you know, the the operation of, of CryptoFights, for example, uh, might utilize Bitcoin SV as kind of like the, uh, like the, the AWS part of it. But um, the but we can create the layers uh, that are very traditional and standard now in the, in the mainstream gaming industry. So then that's actually our plan is, is to create that system where they don't have to be a crypto user. They can just be a regular user, but the, the stuff behind the curtain and all the operation of it is Bitcoin. It's, it's, it's blockchain. 
um, accounting, the um, operation of, of kind of the client IO, you know, instead of sending to a multiplayer server, like traditionally it's, it's now a node. And so we have kind of a, a different architecture, but, you know, gamers don't necessarily care about that when they go pick the game they want to play. You know, they, it's, it's more about, you know, the benefits and features uh, of that game. So I don't see that being too big of an issue uh, long term. And I also see that as the solution to the problem um, is that, you know, you're not creating a blockchain game, you're creating a game with blockchain features, maybe. Uh, it's just, and I think that's kind of known now from a lot of people is that onboarding is going to be a problem when you can only target, you know, the, the crypto audience because, you know, they already have the, the cryptocurrency that you need them to have and, or they, they have the wallet and they know how to send it and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot of people that don't. And, and that's where you get into, you know, the many millions. It, it's kind of a fight, like, is crypto adoption going to be growing faster? Uh, and, and that's where the market is, and that's where you should concentrate versus, you know, the mainstream market that is used to things now and, and willing to spend their, their money on your game today if you just build that, that system for that. Okay, so let's worry less about the tech. Um, let's move on, move on to, to, to the game itself. So, so what was the kind of vision for the for the game? What did you you know when you first envisioned blockchain? We can do a blockchain game. Yeah, actually, so this has changed quite a bit. Um, when we first started Crypto Fights, the vision for the game was that we were going to use um, Unity, and it was going to be you have this character that you create, and you're going to configure it with weapons and armor, and it's going to battle. Uh, on the blockchain, and you're going to find out the result from it. So there wasn't going to be a whole lot of interaction. As we progressed through and started seeing more and more capabilities that we could do, we started adding skills and, and real-time matchmaking and all that. So now uh, the game looks more like a traditional game in the sense of, you know, you can create your character, you can, uh, you can change all of your, uh, you know, like your hair colors, your hairstyles, your beards, uh, even faces now we have, um, and you can create that, and even different races. And um, once you create that, then you can have all these different items and armors. And and then we introduce the uh, real-time skills and traits that you can use, uh, similar to what RPGs have. And you can battle in real-time, making these real-time decisions. And, um, uh, and then if you win or you lose, and then... Um, you can watch everything uh, played back in, in our thing called Hall of Memories, but it's essentially it's like a permanent cloud save now. And, and just like a kind of a traditional game. I mean, uh, uh, Crypto Fights is, is, is more like a Dungeons and Dragons fighting game than it is an RPG. But it has RPG elements into it because you do progress in levels and you unlock things by doing so. And um, later on, we want to have uh, tournaments where we can have mul- you know many different players playing each other, as well as you know more like a, uh, maybe a five versus five uh, mode where you can target different players, and and the sky is the limit at that point. It's very very expandable um, into other things, or even taking your Cryptofights character into a completely other game, because we're going to be storing um, all of the 3D models and textures and everything that another game developer would need to import into their game and a big a big part of it and i guess this comes goes back to what you're talking about the there's kind of the core element of it but there's very much expandable um is esports now has esports always been something that you kind of thought was going to be a a kind of key feature or is that something as you kind of got further into development and things happen in esports as well that you kind of thought that this this kind of fits 
Yeah, good question. Um, I esports was not originally on the radar when we first uh, set out to create crypto fights. It was really around Chronoverse uh, when we formed Chronoverse. Um, you know, esports is is a really interesting kind of development uh, over many years, and you know, and being a gamer, um, you know, I look at it; it's it's straight up competitive gaming. Um, a lot of people love to watch it, which is interesting and, and mimics traditional sports. But you know, I, I remember the arcade days and you know being very competitive and, and fighting people, and sometimes we'd bet on it and all that kind of stuff. And and I don't really see it a whole lot different in the sense that we can start doing this from home now. Um, esports, um, the way that it's being created now is is really like traditional sports where. You know, they have teams and there's maybe, uh, you know, 10, 15 games that really dominate the landscape. Everybody watches that and that's that's kind of the party in town. But, you know, the people that really like more niche games, like maybe they like a trading card game, you know. And I know every game that starts to get popular, they start to, well, I want to make this like an esports title. And I want to get this, you know, where all these people are watching it. I don't think that model is going to be open to many of the players. You have to be really at the top of the pyramid to be able to garner the investment into kind of going the route of what esports looks like today. I see it more to where esports can be something to where you can sit from home and play and profit from being good. I don't think it needs to be where I fly out to a location, and this is pre-COVID thinking, right? But I fly out to a, a, a location and I compete with the team and I have to go get investment for this team and I have to go to a team house and I have to compete to be the best of the best, the Olympic level, you know, gamer athlete, uh, just to be able to win that, you know, one, five, ten million dollar prize or whatever it is. You know, there's a lot of us that, you know, can't do that because we have jobs or, you know, we just, we don't want to go that direction. Um, and dedicate our, our whole entire day to playing games to be the best. But maybe we're, we're really good and we can go in and play competitively uh, and maybe even uh, like a, with tournament and prizes and, and be able to do that from our home. And so that's what really Chronoverse is trying to achieve um, you know, by doing that. So it's, it's, a, it's a different vision uh, of what esports can be from what it is today. And I think, you know, with esports just passing like a billion dollar market, which is mostly in, you know, ads, sponsorships and spectatorships, is that it should be more around, you know, uh, games. Uh, people love games and people like new games and different games and niche games and just crazy games. I mean, Rocket League is, is like a good example of that, you know, um, something can just go viral and people like it. But see, if you add the esports on top of that, if you have, you know, this great indies title that people love you can't just you know say okay i want it to be esports you know it's a whole kind of long road of investments and broadcasting and just a whole other uh, kind of arm of your business that needs to happen and so the platform that we're creating is something that they can essentially integrate into the game to make you have the unranked mode or the free play or the i don't care play the casual play and then you have the ranked mode you know the people that want to get serious maybe they want to form a team or a faction and they want to go in and pay an entry fee into a tournament. Maybe it's a weekly one, a monthly one, or a, a, a yearly one. Um, and they can go and play and, and win a big prize. And so that, that indie developer can now start offering you know, these, these competitive tournaments for you know, real cash uh, easily. And everything that's done, and this kind of goes into the game integrity thing, is that you have to worry about cheaters. You have to worry about you know, foul play in some sorts. 
Um, and so how do you do that? You know, if they're playing from home and you just, you can't have kind of a, you can't really rely on the client side anti-cheat, you know, when you have a lot of money at stake. I mean, you could, and that's probably what happens now, but, um, and that, and that goes into, you know, why blockchain, you know, what, why did we start to employ blockchain um, and what does it solve? And, and that was kind of another reason for esports is that, you know, all of the problems that esports has right now as compared to traditional sports and, um, you know, just, just really making sure there's like a safe environment, uh, you know, for this vision to happen. So plenty, plenty to be working on. Um, what kind of stage are, are you at in the, in the roadmap? Obviously you've got, you know, a long way to go to, to complete the roadmap, but, but, um, how quickly before people get the opportunity to kind of play the game for the first time? Yeah, so CryptoFights has been under development for a long time, and, and mostly like is because we have been changing the tech and, and the the real kind of guts of the of the system. Um, and so our open beta is probably a matter of weeks away right now. Um, we're f- putting the final kind of finishing touches on it, making sure everything's balanced, getting all of the bugs out, um, doing a lot of play testing and user testing just to make sure that it, it's right. Um, and it's going to be a, a kind of a cryptocurrency version. Um, and then later in the year, we're going to be adding on kind of the fiat cashier systems. And so I expect us to probably be announcing in the next couple of weeks when the open beta will start. And it'll be a, uh, an Android, uh, either on Google Play or an APK download, which will also be able uh, to use a, a product called BlueStacks, which is a Android emulator that can run on PC or Mac. So we're going to cover probably a lot of platforms at that point um, to where people can play, give us feedback. And you will be able to play, you know, with uh, Bitcoin SV and you will be able to win Bitcoin SV. So there's going to be an opportunity to see, you know, what it feels like to play a, uh, a skill game um, and what it what it feels like to profit off that endeavor. <laughs> and um, uh, and then later when we do the full production release, you know, you'll be able to keep your items. We'll have more of the roadmap complete, such as, you know, uh, the, item, the items we've already done for our systems, but we need to build out more for uh, other games and adding more features and having a, um, uh, a viewer or a wallet to look at all of your items, um, the marketplace, the data explorers, a, a prototype right now. And uh, we also have the uh, match replay function where you can watch any match of crypto fights at any point in time whether it's live or historical, the data explorer is essentially like a human readable block explorer for the game. So you can go and look at this match, you know, who played it, what items they had, what happened on each turn. I mean, down to the data level, and that's going to really demonstrate the full platform and, and what it can do for esports, um, and, and how you can imagine, you know, your existing game or, or building a new game where you have complete transparency from end to end on everything that happens down to the math of how something worked, like a gun or a weapon or anything in the game, um, all of the rules and the mechanics and all that will be public and transparent. So it, and a lot of the examples I use is that when you go and watch like a football game, you know, we all agree that we're using the same physics, you know, we're on earth. And we can, you know, we have, you know, referees that maybe make good calls, maybe make bad calls, but we can see that we can all agree because it's all transparent. And, and that's what I want to do for gaming is, is have a transparent, fair environment to where the community can call out, um, you know, maybe there was a player that 
was, you know, uh, is usually 72% accurate on his headshots, but all of a sudden he's 87% accurate. And then he goes back to 72% and, hey, wait a minute, something weird happened there. Um, and, and that data to find those patterns are, are going to be available to anyone. And like I said, it's like a permanent cloud save of everything you do in every game on the platform. So big data opportunities there. Um, big data to, you know, our uh, uh, esports betting is a big, big deal. And uh, game developers can start to uh, actually allow bets on their games and monetize that way. And that's something that we're working towards also to help developers out. And as well as uh, content production where they can go back at any point in time and create content from what the player did. So if you want to do a, like a, a MOBA, like League of Legends, and you want to go back, you know, I don't know, six months ago and, and watch your game and, and comment on what your strategy was, you could do that as well as other people could do that. So there's a whole new kind of Twitch or YouTube style content production that could happen. So there's uh, even the, down to the social network uh, part of it to where each each uh, player has a profile. You can see everything they've done, how much they've won, what items they have, um, and you know tournaments they've played in, and you know maybe what, what are they listing on the marketplace to buy or sell? Do you want to sponsor them? I mean, the sky's the limit uh, with esports and, and the vision that we have. Mm-hmm. I think you you give a, a very a very good overview there of why blockchain might be <laughs> might be very uh, important to these these kind of things. Not actually that you couldn't maybe do some of them with the uh, with the existing systems, but the whole point about blockchain is is the whole thing is open to everyone. So there's there's, there's the transparency there, and and I guess what's really great is is uh, we already see with some blockchain games is, is the community then starts building all these crazy things um, on on top of the the open the open kind of data that you've given them, and that's that's really when communities start to feel. They have involvement and they have kind of a ownership of what's going on in the game, and certainly, you know, yeah, with esports, that that's the success. The successful esports need to capture that, and, and that's what kind of keeps them going. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Adam. I think you've uh, you've given a, a great overview of uh, what your vision is, how you got into it, and and, and the, the the years of of uh, where you could be going with it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, obviously we'll put all the links in um, to to the website, and, and people can kind of, uh, I assume, get signed up for, for the open beta um, in the next few weeks. That's great. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. And uh, thank you, uh, listeners, for for listening. Um, don't forget that Blockchain Gaming World is coming to your podcast provider every week. So we are spending our time interviewing the people who are kind of building this new um, this new sector of blockchain games, who have this these kind of uh, visions of where of where gaming goes next um and uh we think it's fascinating i hope you hope you do too um if you want to find me on twitter i'm uh, blockchain gmg so any comments there um would be greatly received but thanks for listening to this one and hope to see you again soon